You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, New York Giants fans, and welcome to your Valentine's Views podcast for Monday, March 21st. I'm your host, Ed Valentine of Big Blue View. And a couple of news items for you on uh, at the top of today's show. The Giants uh, are losing edge defender Lorenzo Carter. Carter uh, on Instagram on Sunday said goodbye to New York, said goodbye to Giants fans. On Monday morning, we found out that Carter will be signing a one-year deal with the Atlanta Falcons. So uh, good luck to Lorenzo Carter, player that uh, I think we had all hoped that the Giants would be able to keep, but financially simply not feasible for the Giants in their uh, current cap strapped situation and uh, speaking of the uh, the the salary cap situation that the Giants are in news also broke Monday morning via Jordan Renan of ESPN that the Giants are restructuring the contract of place kicker Graham Gano pushing a little bit of money out adding a void year to Gano's contract to save a little bit less than $2 million on the salary cap, something that uh, GM Joe Shane had said was a last resort would be restructuring contracts, but the Giants are skating really, really close to the $208.2 million cap at this point. So in order to make some moves to, to look to upgrade the roster, even with uh, you know one-year low-cost prove-it deals, veteran minimum-type signings, veteran salary benefit-type signings, the Giants needed to create a little bit of space. So Shane went to uh, went to the restructure well and uh, got a little bit of of money to to maneuver with by restructuring Graham Gano's contract, adding that void year. All right, Giants fans, the other thing that I've got for you today with the NFL draft coming up with all of the free agency news uh, going on, got a uh, an interview for you with NFL draft insider Tony Pauline of the Pro Football Network, and uh, let's let's get right to that now. As Tony and I discuss a lot of topics, we talk about uh, the Giants' decision to cut Logan Ryan, the draft stock of David Ajabo, the uh, the idea that that Charles Cross could be uh, a potential pick for the Giants at number seven, the the possibility 
of the Giants trading down with one of their two top 10 picks and a host of uh, of other topics. So let's uh, let's get to to my interview with Tony Pauline. All right, Giants fans, I'm joined now by NFL Draft Insider Tony Pauline of the Pro Football Network. Tony, thank you uh, for hopping on the show for a few minutes. Thanks for having me. Hey, so let's get right into it. The the biggest news the Giants made recently was the uh, the cut of of Logan Ryan and everybody's trying to understand exactly what the Giants did uh, you know because they didn't save cap space by making the move the way that they made it um just what are you hearing what are your thoughts on on the Giants reasoning for making that move well I'm not hearing anything but you know it's not unusual you got a brand new regime there a brand new uh general manager who's familiar with the brand new head coach you got Don Martindale in there as the defensive coordinator. Maybe they didn't think it was a good fit for them. They want to get somebody else in. It's time to move on. This sort of uh, these sorts of moves are, you know, the norm when you have a whole new front office and whole new uh, coaching staff, which is what the Giants are dealing with now. Yeah, that's kind of the way I looked at it. I mean, Logan Ryan being more or less a a Joe Judge, Patrick Graham guy, and and maybe not a fit necessarily for the defense that Martindale wanted to run. So maybe not as surprising as people want to make it out to be. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I mean, I'm surprised there, there aren't more of these types of cuts. We may see them moving forward with the Giants. Let's talk a little bit, uh, you know, the, uh, the David Ajabo injury. Yeah. Um, really unfortunate for the young man, torn Achilles tendon. We saw, I think it was Cam Akers come back from his torn Achilles within six months. But I'm not sure that we should look at that as the norm these days for for how quickly guys can come back. So my question for you is, does he fall far enough in the draft to perhaps be in play for the Giants at 36? I'd be surprised. I still think he's going to go the end of round one. You look at the Kansas City Chiefs, who answered a lot of their offseason needs the past two weeks in free agency. Maybe the Green Bay Packers, who have now have two uh, first-round picks because of the Devontae Adams trades, uh, trade. Uh, I thought all along Ajabu was top 12 talent, and it's a very unfortunate what happened to him. I would agree, you know, the Cam Akers situation, it may be the exception to the rule. It's different for every single player or person, the way they rebound. Hopefully Ajabu comes back. I mean, it, it, it's it's unfortunate. Uh, I absolutely loved his play last year. I thought there are many aspects of his game that project better to the next level than his teammate Aiden Hutchinson. I still think with what he showed and the upside, plus the fact he got a full combine workout in before this injury uh, occurred, I still think he goes late first round. Cross uh, Giants fans can cross their fingers and hope maybe, but because uh, because the Giants could always use the pass rusher. But I, I think I agree he's probably not going to be there. Tony, there was a there was a report, or not necessarily a report. Peter King speculated today that he thought the Giants would be looking to trade back with at least one of their two picks in the top ten at at five and seven. That's a position that I would. That, that I would endorse and something I would love to see them do. Uh, do, do you agree that, that that would be a smart play for the Giants, you know, given where they are to, to trade down, try to try to uh, to add some assets, especially for 2023? Yeah, I, I don't think, you know, Peter King 
uh, is breaking any news here. That's that's been the thought all along for both the Giants and the Jets. I mean, because it is a deep draft. If they can get a quality player at the top uh, with that first pick, it makes more sense. You know, a lot of sense, especially with the injury to Ajabu now to trade down. Now the thing is this, you know, if for a team to trade down, there has to be another team that wants to trade up. There has to be a team that wants a player badly enough to move up, you know, a couple of picks or whatever it may be uh, to get that player. We saw it happen with the Giants last year with the Bears who moved up to get Justin Fields. Uh, I, I don't know that there's going to be a lot of teams clamoring, you know, after the first five players, six players come off the board uh, to move up, you know, maybe for a Trayvon Walker, maybe if Ahmad Gardner somehow slips past the Jets at four, I could see it. Uh, but again, yeah, I, I mean, every team that's in a rebuilding mode, is usually looking, especially when you have multiple picks in the first round, is looking to trade down to get extra selections so they can rebuild the depth on their roster. Any teams in particular that you can think of that might be in that market to trade up? Anyone? I know, you know, maybe Malik Willis is the only quarterback that that would be in that discussion around that area. You know, from from what we we read and, and hear, but. Anyone you you can think of that that might actively want to move up? I'd be shocked if any team moves that far up in the draft for Malik Willis. Malik Willis is not worth a top 10 pick. Uh, He's a developmental prospect at the quarterback position who's got great upside, but has also got a lot of downside risk. And I don't think uh, I I think a team that drafts him and tries to start him this September could actually ruin Malik Willis. So I, I would not expect any team to really move up. Uh, to get a Malik Willis. I, I mean, the only team that I could potentially see right now would be the Los Angeles Chargers, who covet Jordan Davis, the big defensive tackle from Georgia, who's had two great years of film, had a tremendous combine, looked good during the pro day uh, position drills. I mean, he's a guy who's who I people will say he's shooting up draft boards. I'm saying I say he's getting the uh, the credit that he so justly deserves that people basically were not giving him uh, in the lead up to the combine. So maybe the Chargers, I could see them making a big move up to get uh, Jordan Davis. They have made those types of moves in the past. I, uh, you know, I, I think with some of their signings, signing J.C. Jackson uh, in free agency, they probably feel they're a player or two away, and that player may be Jordan Davis. You know, it's funny that you mentioned Davis, Tony, because I know how well he tested in, in Indianapolis. I know the buzz that he created – but I still have a difficult time seeing Jordan Davis as a top 10 pick. Do you, do you think I'll be surprised on draft day? I, I, I think you will be. I, I mean, I don't know why anyone, if you've actually watched them the past two years, would say that. The guy has been a dominant force up front for what was a great Georgia defense. A lot of those linebacker uh, sacks, the linebacker bit blitzes, were created by Jordan Davis because he was able to occupy two and three blockers on the inside of the line. And not only that, when you really study Jordan Davis, I mean, he shows that athleticism on uh, on film during games. He has the ability to change direction, get out into space, get out in pursuit to the sidelines to make plays. He's an explosive player. I I never bought this narrative that he's a two-down lineman who's out of shape. Never bought it at all. Watched him for two years. I was actually very surprised that he bypassed the 2021 draft, came back for a season, to his credit, it's worked out for him. Uh, Georgia won a national championship, and he significantly improved his draft stock. You think he's a fit for the Giants maybe at seven? 
Well, I, I mean, the Giants have gone high, although, again, different regime have gone high in the past with defensive linemen. Uh, you know, with Dexter Lawrence, they gave uh, Leonard Williams that huge contract not long ago. So I, I think there were there will be other players at other positions that fit needs for the Giants uh, with both of their early first round picks. You know, Tony, one guy who seems to uh, to generate a lot of talk and some people some people think he's worth the pick at in the top 10. Some people aren't so sure is uh, is Charles Cross, the offensive tackle for, from Mississippi State. In your mind, are, are you one of those people who thinks that, that he would be worth a pick for the Giants at seven if uh, Aquanu and, and Evan Neal are both gone, or uh, should the Giants look elsewhere and address tackle uh, another way? If the Giants draft him, where are they going to play him? I mean, Charles Cross is a left tackle. The Giants have a, a, a developing dynamite player at left tackle in Andrew Thomas. I mean, Charles Cross, when you watch the film, never came out of a three-point stance at Mississippi State. He was always lined up in a pass-blocking two-point stance. And that transition is not always an easy one, going from a left tackle, who primarily came out of a two-point stance, to playing right tackle out of a three-point stance. I think Charles Cross, in a lot of ways, is the offensive tackle version of Malik Willis, in the sense that he's got tremendous upside. He's very athletic. When you watch him play, he's very mobile. He's good at the line of scrimmage. He's also good out on the second level, but he doesn't have a big body of work. He's very rough with his techniques, a little bit late with his hands, doesn't always play with proper knee bend, which will destroy him on Sunday. You can get away with it on Saturday, but you play in the NFL without knee bend and leverage, you're going to get killed. I right now have Charles Cross as my number 15 player on my overall board. I'd be shocked if he... I, I would I would be surprised if he's a top 10 pick. Uh, only The only reason I think he goes top 10 is because left tackles are a premium on uh, draft weekend, and there are no true knockout, can't-miss left tackles at the top of this year's draft. Uh, but I would, I would be surprised if the Giants take him and then move him to right tackle. That's not the way of Sean. That's not the way of uh, Dayball. I mean, they basically had uh, – a guy, uh, they had uh, the kid from Spencer Brown uh, last year from Northern Iowa, who was uh, a big mauling, punching the face type of guy at right tackle. Charles Cross isn't that type of player. Sounds more like uh, a Trevor Penning type, although he's another one I'm not sure is is uh, is worth the pick at seven. But I guess my my question would be, Giants don't get their offensive tackle at five or seven. Is there a day two guy you think can can step in and start quickly at right tackle? There are. This is one of the. If you're looking at areas of depth or positions of depth in this draft, offensive tackle would be number one, uh, because there are plenty of offensive tackles that will go in day two, even the early part of day four, that can be starters at the next level. Now, you ask me if a guy can start on day one. I mean, that's a tall order, really, for a lot of players, even early first-round picks. Uh, but there will still be some good players available to them in round two, uh, even through round three. Nicholas petit Frere from Ohio State, who played left tackle, but has got the size and the uh, ability to play right tackle. Bernard Raymond of Central Michigan, again, left tackle guy who I think can play right tackle. I am a big fan of Abraham Lucas of Washington State. 
had a terrific combine. He's been a terrific player at Washington State. Can play right tackle, a big dominant guy. Uh, these guys, uh, uh, Daniel Falele, he's got to lose some weight. I mean, people are awed by his 384 pound frame, 384 pounds, and the way he moves that frame. I, I think it's a problem. I think it's, he's going to have to lose at least 30 pounds uh, to play in the NFL. These guys are all right tackle prospects where I don't know if they're going to be starting from day one. I mean, even Andrew Thomas had a lot of bumps in the road uh, early in his career before he was finally able to smooth it out. But these guys can play and can eventually start at right tackle on Sunday. All right. Hey, last thing for you. Obviously, we've talked a little bit about the Giants being uh, under the direction of a new GM, Joe Shane, new head coach, Brian Dable. Uh, just your thoughts so far on the work that you've seen from Joe Shane, maybe on the coaching staff that the Giants put together, just your thoughts so far on, on the changes uh, that the Giants have made at the top. Well, I mean, you never know because it's all on paper right now. You know, you want to you want to think it's good. You want to you want to be hopeful, but you never know until the preseason starts and the actual season starts. I mean, this is what the the third time in six years the Giants have gone through this uh you know, through this exercise. So, you know, all you can say is it looks good on paper right now. And these guys have come from an organization that built through the draft, that built through uh, free agency, that built through making trades and, and, and built the uh, Buffalo Bills into a successful organization, you know, but you really have to take a step back, whether it's free agency, whether it's a, a new coaching staff, whether it's, you know, draft, uh, draft selections immediately after the draft. It's all on paper now, and you're never going to really know until you know the ball is put on the tee and it's kicked off uh, once the season starts in September. I do think the one thing that I'm encouraged by, Tony, and I don't know if you've noticed it, is I always had the feeling that for the last few years, the Giants really didn't want to admit or really didn't want to operate like they were in a rebuild. And I, I feel like, like, Joe Shane is at least recognizing the fact that, that this team is a ways away from where it needs to be. Well, I think that's one of the reasons why they didn't go, go out and spend huge money in free agency because they realize that, you know, they need a lot of pieces. Uh, you know, I, I think with a guy like uh, Don Martindale there, who in my mind should be a head coach in the NFL. I, I think he's a guy that's going to coach with a chip on his shoulder. Uh, he's a guy that is able to, you know, make a mountain out of a molehill to steal a stupid uh, example or to be cliche there. Uh, so I, I think with uh, Martindale, he's going to get more out of his uh, out of his players uh, than people expect. So and I agree with you. I mean, that's why they haven't spent a lot of money in free agency. Uh, that's why they may trade down and get extra selections uh, because they realize that they need a lot of pieces. All right. Hey, Tony, always appreciate uh, a few minutes of your time. Uh, just go ahead and let people know where they can find your work if they're not familiar. Primary place is Pro Football Network. Uh, break the news there. Myself, Adam Beasley, Aaron Wilson. We had the story last week. Uh, first, I do the, uh, the Tuesday night show with Trey Wingo about uh, Baker Mayfield wanting to go to Cleveland. If the trade for Deshaun Watson went down, it eventually did. So we have to keep an eye on that. And uh, by the time the draft rolls around, we'll have more than 800 individual scouting reports posted on players that are eligible for the draft. So Giant fans will not only be able to find information on the players that the Giants select in the draft, 
but a lot of just about all those players that they signed after the draft as undrafted free agents. All right. Hey, Tony, thank you very, very much for a few minutes and hopefully we'll do this again. Thanks for having me. Take care. And that's our show for today, Giants fans. Please remember to subscribe to Big Blue View Radio, to my show, and to the work done by Chris Flum and Nick Filato wherever you listen to podcasts. Please remember to uh, follow us on, on Instagram, follow us on Twitter, sign up for the site at BigBlueView.com so you can chat with other Giants fans. Check out our YouTube channel. Check us out on Facebook, wherever you like to get your information. There is a Big Blue View platform uh, for you to, to do just that. So Giants fans, again, thank you for listening. Please remember to stay safe out there, take care of each other, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Claude 3 from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point of the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skill and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest-cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic.